You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review Senior Editor Daniel Horowitz. And along with co-host Joe Koss, they break down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering The Conservative Conscience. Welcome back to The Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, here in the House in CR's Northern Command, Wednesday morning. It is, let's see, wow, it is already the 22nd. I can't believe it. I need a vacation already. I don't know how to say it. I need a vacation. It's pretty tough fighting the bastards on the bench alone. This has been a lonely battle. Thank God I have some good news to tell you. I do have a lot of... Uh, substantial firepower helping me in the background on this issue. And I really look forward to talking to you about it on a later date. But, you know, the bottom line is you're not going to hear this anyone else. You're not going to hear this anywhere else from anyone else. And this is why we do what we do here at Conservative Review. I have reams of writing on the courts just this week. Why do I have that? Because the courts is pretty much all that matters. You know, all everyone wants to talk about is Russia, 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 whether you're pro-Russia, against Russia, everything is viewed through the prism of Russia. Every national security advisor candidate or any foreign policy oriented position in the administration is always viewed by the media, both the right leaning media, the left leaning media through the prism of is the guy pro-Russia or a hawk against Russia? What about everything else? Russia is not even the most important foreign policy issue much less the most important issue overall. But the bigger point here is that America is being turned into Russia by the courts. I don't care about Putin now. I care about having a bunch of mini-Putin bastards on the bench destroying our country in every way imaginable. The reason why I've been focused so much on the courts is because A, no one else is, and B, they are everything. The courts are... Words can't describe, you know, one of the things I'm into is the power of juxtaposition. And if you juxtapose what the courts are doing in various cases to achieve the extreme left-wing political outcome, even if they contradict their jurisprudence with regards to constitutional rights, fundamental rights, state powers, federal powers, rules of standing, it doesn't matter. They will get the outcome they want. Hence, we have a situation now where there's an affirmative right to immigrate for Muslim Somalis living overseas, a religious liberty right, they say, First Amendment. Yet you, as a religious Christian or religious Jew or, frankly, even religious Muslim anything, as an American citizen, you don't have a right with your own private property to run in accordance with your conscience. Remember, the key here is fundamental rights are negative actions. It's in their negative rights. I don't have a right to a positive action by the government. I have a right to be left alone, a negative. I have a right to for the government not to take a positive action to infringe upon my life, liberty, property, conscience, and my ability to self-defense. We have a situation where all those unalienable rights are being flipped on its head and destroyed, like in Russia— And yet BS rights that don't exist are being codified into the Constitution. And worse, the right to immigrate for foreign nationals is being 
enshrined into law into the Constitution. I don't even have time to get through all of our articles, but I'm going to link to them in our show notes, and I'm sure many of you have read them. But this is where we are. And by the way, the courts are on the cusp of creating judicial amnesty, straight-up amnesty for illegal aliens to remain here. Notice that the ACLU is promising lawsuits against Trump's order on deportations. Now, you might be scratching your head. Well, you might – okay, you could disagree with Trump uh, politically and say you want open borders. But if pursuant to law, people have to be deported and they're illegal immigrants, so, well, how do you have a lawsuit suing Trump for just following the law? Um, you know, Obama didn't follow the law. He supplanted the law. Trump's just merely reinstating the baseline law here. How do you take that to court? Well, I guarantee you the courts will rule in their favor. We will have mass judicial amnesty. At the same time, we have courts throwing out every Republican bill that every legislature does, every Republican legislature, even if it's a gray area, even if it's totally fine. Those are unalienable rights. You have the courts just just last night. Um, I have my, my buddy Nate Mannon covering this for Conservative Review, but I've written about this a lot. The courts are saying now that Planned Parenthood has a right to state funding. So they're, quote unquote, throwing out state legislative statutes, cutting off funding to Planned Parenthood. Think about this for a minute. According to the courts, here's what com- comes out. If you have a private business, private family business organization, You do not have the right to an inaction. In other words, you don't have the right to merely stay where you are and adhere to your conscience and not have to actively engage in involuntary servitude for something that violates your conscience. Right? You don't you don't have that that right. Evidently, that right does not exist. This is where we are at this point. That right doesn't exist. But at the same time. A private entity under criminal investigation for harvesting baby organs has the right to your taxpayer funding, to your tax funding for something that violates the consciousness of at least 50% of the taxpayer base. <laughs> so, so that's how far the left-wing agenda goes. When it's to service abortion, you have the right, an unalienable right to taxpayer funding. Right? That cannot be cut off by a state. But at the same time, a private entity doesn't have the right to merely just adhere to its consciousness. And again, we're not talking about some voodoo religion. We're talking about every major religion that believes homosexuality is a sin and certainly doesn't want to service something called a homosexual marriage or a transgender this and that. How is it that our movement doesn't wake up? When is this so-called conservative movement going to wake up and smell the stench from the bench? The bastards on the bench. Then again, as we noted in in our last broadcast, we don't have a conservative movement. This is a movement that was fine at, at CPAC with inviting this individual homosexual activist. Now, it wasn't until the comments of Milo were brought to light that this guy downright endorsed Gosh, basically pedophilia. So they're like, well, I guess that's a bridge too far. But everyone knew who he was and what he stood for. And they had no problems with it. And even many of the so-called conservatives that protested him, not all of them, but many of them, they were bothered more by his nationalistic views on immigration than they were by the homosexual agenda. So this is where we are as a conservative movement. I mean, 
And by the way, also speaking of fundamental rights, I heard a lot of people saying, well, he has a freedom of speech. Well, he does, but that's a legal argument. Like, you know, the government can't silence him. But we're talking about a private conservative entity. If you reflect the conservative movement, well, yeah, I mean, we better hope that uh, (laughs) you reflect our views. I mean, that's just a straight up political argument. But the broader point is this is reflective of a movement that obviously doesn't care about judicial supremacy, doesn't care about the courts overturning every tenet of fundamental rights, natural law, constitutional separation of powers, fundamental rights, the Bill of Rights, gone. First Amendment, Second Amendment, gone. The real manifestation of the 14th Amendment, gone. Everything's gone. But foreign nationals, Somali immigrants, and illegal aliens have rights. And, and our guys just sit here and take it. You know, people tell me, no, Trump's going to make win over the lower courts. By the way, I'm going to link to it. We have a two-part series I did with my buddy Nate Madden on um, just debunking this whole myth that Trump's going to remake the the courts. Even if you had a bunch of Clarence Thomases waiting in the wings, which we don't, um, I have a whole number of reasons why these macro statistics are nonsense. I go circuit by circuit, both with the active judges and the senior judges, with a degree of specificity no one's done, to demonstrate, if anything, the courts are going to get worse because all of the older judges that will likely retire are the best ones, for the most part. Um, you know, those are the guys retiring and a lot of the bad guys aren't going to retire unless they die because they you know, view Trump with so much content contempt. So, um, you know, this is where we are. The movement has done nothing about this. <sighs> Boy, am I tired. I'm tired of doing this alone. I'm telling you. And that's why you guys, if you need a vacation, you should come join me July 19th to July 22nd for the annual Freedom Fest. This is celebrating 100 years of Forbes magazine. Steve Forbes will be there. Um, This is the 10th annual Freedom Fest. It is the biggest trade show for liberty. Lots of liberty-minded speakers there. Um, Heck, maybe you could talk about judicial tyranny. And uh, register today, $100 off the regular rate. Use promo code CRTV100 for your registration discount. Again, $100 off, and this is going to be... Um, in Vegas, so you're not going to want to miss it. Go to www.freedomfest.com um, to to sign up early. Promo code CRTV100. Call 855-850-3733. Hope to see you guys there. If I don't take a vacation sooner, which I really need one. Um, but this is where we are. I can't get, and, and maybe I can get some of these libertarian-minded people to finally see the light. The courts are destroying this country. Let me juxtapose a couple of things here. You know, like I said, we like the power of juxtaposition here. So basically, on the same week that the Washington Supreme Court upheld a Washington law forcing a florist to service a homosexual wedding with her own private property. And again, even if you buy into this homosexual agenda and that's the greatest thing since sliced bread and suddenly our values are out the window, you can't deny our heritage and our history. So you, you can't criminalize our history. You know, everyone, including Barack Obama, believed in what we believe in, at least in word, through his first term of the presidency. So the notion that you're going to criminalize people with their private property literally violates the very founding of this country. Hold that thought. 
on the same week, I'm the only one who made this juxtaposition, the same week, the 11th Circuit out of Florida went and overturned a Florida law which barred um, barred doctors or healthcare professionals from asking patients whether they own a gun. Said so that that's a violation of the First Amendment. Now, before I delve into that, just, just take the macro 30,000-foot view juxtaposition here. On the one hand, you're telling me that a private – so you're basically saying a doctor, ha, you know, as a private business owner, that's his practice, so you could do what you want. He has an unalienable right to ask whatever he wants, to ask you if you own a gun. But he doesn't have an unalienable right not to perform an abortion, not to service a gay wedding. Think how absurd that is. First of all, one is a positive action, one's a negative action. right? Unalienable rights, like I said before, are negative actions. I want to just be who I am. I don't want to be bothered. Don't force me. Don't mandate that I must service this. right? That, that's a stronger case to be made than saying, oh, I want to go and take this action. Well, no, the state is regulating that. You might not like the regulation. You might think it's stupid. You might think it's even somewhat tyrannical. But is it downright unconstitutional enough for a court to strike it down? Now, let me say this. In a vacuum, some of you I know are very libertarian-minded. And look, I am 100% free market. I believe everyone with their private business should be able to do whatever the heck they want. I believe even Title VII of the Civil Rights Act is unconstitutional. Um, certainly now, you know, maybe you could justify, justify it at the time that um, blacks in this country had their life, liberty, and property taken away from them. So maybe you need to even up the score for a certain period of time, whatever, if you could justify that. But certainly at this point, then, you know, you have the right to discriminate with your private property. I'm not just talking about BS discrimination, but even real discrimination. But you know what? Then I have the right to boycott you. I have the right to publicize that you're a jerk. Um, you know, that's that's the way it is. Otherwise, where do you end this slippery slope? So I'm I'm as free market as they come on this. But let's face it, this is not free market. Healthcare is the most regulated profession around. And by the way, I'm gonna touch on this a lot on my health core healthcare reform piece. I know I promised 20 free market healthcare ideas. I have it basically written, but I haven't put it out yet just because this issue has unfortunately gone to the back burner with Republicans retreating on on healthcare. I'm going to get back to it soon after the courts uh, stop distracting me. But anyway, doctors can't do anything. Businesses can't do anything. Nothing. I mean, every last thing they do is regulated, and in fact, they're mandated. Again, not just that there are certain positive actions they cannot take. They are forced to take things they, they don't want to do. They are forced to do everything. There are literally, there's state laws forcing healthcare providers to, uh, um, to, to talk to people about abortions. To tell them that there's services of abortions available in, at such such and such venue in such and such circumstance. So again, I don't have the – evidently the courts are saying I have a right to pro, to take a positive action to ask you about your guns, but I don't have the right to just remain silent and not violate my conscience. So they regulate everything you can do. So you know what? Here's the problem we have. Every last thing the left does in state legislatures, federally, every law is upheld by the courts. Everything, no matter, even if it violates the foundation of our country on alienable rights, the Bill of Rights. But if Republicans fight back against the tyranny by having their own kind of regulations, they're all unconstitutional. 
So again, if you want to go back to pure free markets where a state can't tell a private business owner to do anything, let's shake on it. But if we're going to live in this world where they tell you to do everything, and they can mandate that you actually take actions against your conscience, sure as heck, I'm going to uphold a state law saying, you know what, you can do anything you want, just don't ask the guy if he owns a gun. Moreover, there's another um, piece of this equation here with this 2011 uh, law passed by the Florida legislature. A lot of this is enabled by the um, by the federal government. In other words, this is not just some organic thing where private business owners, private clinicians are asking people about guns, that they have a burning desire. Of course not. It has nothing to do with health. Give me a break. And in fact, by the way, I left out this piece of information. The statute passed by Florida officially says that if you ha- have a good faith reason to believe that gun, the, you know, asking the person whether he owns a gun is relevant to his health, safety, or the safety of anyone around them. It's a pretty broad distinction. Then you could ask. So the question is, how do you even get standing to shoot at the statute and say, oh, I'm bothered by it? It's hurting me. Why? Well, it's getting in the way of my practice. Well, it's not, because by definition, if it is, then it's permitted under the statute, whatever that would mean. There's a burning need that you have to ask a guy if he owns guns. No, it's not coming from that. It's coming from the AMA. The American Medical Association is to the medical profession what the American Bar Association is to the legal profession. In other words, they both have destroyed their respective professions. But they have basically become state-sanctioned gatekeepers of the medical profession. I mean, any any of you guys that work in the field, I'm sure you know, they, they control everything. And a lot of this is state-recognized. So you can't tell me, oh, oh, these guys are doing what they want because normally a free market would work, work like this. If some random guy would be a jerk and start shoving his liberal agenda on me as a physician, he has that right, but I'd, tell, I'd say goodbye and I'd warn my, warn my friends about it and I'd go somewhere else. The problem here is it's not coming from them. It's coming from the AMA institutionalizing it, forcing doctors to do it, and then getting some bogus standing in court to say I'm, I'm, I have a grievance that I can't ask about this, and they get the law overturned. Let me ask you something. Let's say I passed the law and said that you could do anything you want in your private business, whether it's a handy, uh, you know, handyman business, a hardware store, or a clinic. But you can't ask your client, your customer, if they believe in the tooth fairy. Is that a violation of the First Amendment? Well, in some ways, you'll say yeah. But is it something that's redressable to a court? No. You know, I, I often say this, and, and um, you know, this is something I have in my book that, and I don't, I don't have the exact quote here. I'm, I'm kind of flipping through it as I'm talking to you. But Joe Wilson, uh, not Joe Wilson, James Wilson, one of the greatest of all our founders, um, this guy was was pretty instrumental in, in crafting the, you know, Article 3, the entire power of the federal judiciary. So this man famously said, and again, I don't have the exact quote here, but I'm going to try to get it to you in, uh, where is this? Try to get it to you in, in my show notes here. Darn it. Should have come more prepared. Sorry, guys. But it's going to be, it's, it's in one of my articles. Um, but he basically said a law could be tyrannical, it could be dumb, it could be silly, but not so unconstitutional as to give the courts power to block it. And that's kind of where we are here. 
But lo and behold, this opinion was almost unanimous, including Judge Pryor. All the Republican judges said, no, First Amendment violation. I mean, like I said, let's say a state said, um, state legislature passed a law and said, you can't use the word perspicacity <laughs> when conducting business. Is that something you could take to a court? No. But if you're going to tell me that you could take that to a court, and I have an unalienable right to ask you about um, your gun, the guns you own at home, even when it's irrelevant, because if it's irrelevant, it's permitted by this law. And by the way, you're allowed to lecture someone. You're allowed to say guns suck. You're allowed to do anything. You're allowed to badger your um, you know, patient. You just can't ask the guy if he owns a gun. That's all they did. It doesn't, it, it doesn't say you can't talk to him about it or say how bad guns are. You could do that. I mean, it, it's a very minor. You can't tell me it restricts your ability to be a doctor and to practice. Everything else that the states do restrict every aspect of, of uh, you know, clinical work and, and, and uh, you know, the broader medical profession. But at the same time, you don't have a right to conscience with your own property. Again, a positive – the government has a right to take a positive action against your negative unalienable rights. But the government doesn't have the right to place a negative on a random positive that you might want to do. Again, same, same week, a Republican-appointed judge in Texas, George H.W. Bush judge, Judge Sparks, said that a private organization under investigation – for harvesting baby parts has a right to taxpayer funding to be used for something that's objectionable to the consciousness of half the country. Yet, a private entity cannot just merely be left alone and not be forced to violate its conscience. The courts are a one-way street and a dead end for conservatives. They will always come out against us policy-wise, no matter what. Republican judges will be consistent even if it hurts the conservative cause, which is fine, but liberals won't. And that's why Annette will lose. One more piece of evidence here, and I have a lot of cases I could go toward. I mean, no one's talking about this, but I, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. Guns, the Fourth Circuit, and this is, I think, the Fourth, Fifth, or Sixth Circuit. I mean, there's been a handful of circuits already that have done this. Basically overturned the Heller decision without doing it. So we have the courts inventing all sorts of rights. You have a right to sue in court to be offended by a replica of the Ten Commandments. That's my piece on the Tenth Circuit I just did last week. You have the right to sue someone for not servicing you with their private property. You have the right to um, immigrate here as a Somali refugee. You have the right to amnesty as an illegal alien. But you don't have the right to self-defense. The one... Right that mentions the right, the proper, any right. I've said this before. I have a piece on this. Anything that it mentions with a proper pronoun is a pre-existing right. Uh, remember, Madison and many others did not even want a Bill of Rights because it connoted the fact that the rights come from the Constitution. They don't. They come from God, from natural law, life, liberty, property. And as Sam Adams said, it, implicit in those three are the, is the right to defend those. That is a pre-existing natural right shall not be infringed. Yet the Fourth Circuit said pretty much any semi-automatic rifle that has a pistol grip or a picatinny rail that looks kind of scary, even though it, it's, it's all cosmetic, it's like a machine gun. 
anything with more than 10, any uh, magazine with more than 10 rounds, nope, you don't have a Second Amendment right to that. 10 to 4 ruling, including a, a GOP judge who joined in. The, the courts are irremediably broken. You cannot conjure up a situation where the courts could possibly be more backwards like Sodom and Gomorrah. Because that's exactly what they are. But all we want to talk about is Russia. Putin, Putin. And again, I'm, I'm against Putin. I've been very consistent on that. I'm not a pro-Russia guy, but I don't think it's the most important issue. Where is everyone on this? All I could say is a movement that has lost its moral character is the only movement that could allow something like this to go on and just blithely go by. And none of this is going to change with Gorsuch on the court. Almost none of it's going to change. You know, some people are telling me, well, Daniel, Roberts isn't taking up the appeal because we'll probably lose it because we don't have the vote. So he's letting it stand, you know, all these gun cases until Gorsuch is on the court. They're wrong because these cases were going through the courts even before Scalia died and he didn't take it up. So it's not going to make much of a difference. That either means that Roberts is trying to limit Heller or it means that Roberts knows Kennedy will so he doesn't have the votes. But either way, we're screwed. So my point is this. We now have a judicial veto in this country, right, where the courts are the sole and final arbiter. You know, the legislature passes something, the executive, whether it's a governor or president, signs or vetoes it, and then it goes to the courts to interpret the application. Oh, no, 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 to veto it. I know it doesn't say that in the Constitution, but to veto it. You're seeing now that even the few examples, the three out of a hundred that we benefit from the courts vetoing bad laws, right? Normally they veto good laws. They've destroyed our civilization. They've redefined their borders, redefined their security, redefined their sovereignty, redefined marriage, redefined human sexuality, created all these BS rights, the right to 30 days of early voting, the right for, to ballot harvesting, the right to vote without a photo ID, the right to all sorts of voting anomalies, all sorts of BS rights. But the one right that's actually there, they don't protect. Conscience, property, Second Amendment, right, right to self-defense. The bastards on the bench are destroying this country. Like I said, I'm committed to building a movement. And I'm working right now with Steve King. He's the subcommittee chairman of the Constitution to try to hold a hearing, to try to hold a briefing on this, trying to assemble some... Uh, some allies on this, there aren't too many. But you're going to see what I mean when I warned, I, I warned about this in my book. You're going to see exactly what I mean. Because every good thing Trump does, and there's a lot of bad things he does. Gosh, he's keeping DACA. I mean, imagine that. DACA stands, illegal executive amnesty stands, but sovereignty is destroyed. I mean, this, this is where we are. I, I, I don't know how it could get any worse, but all I could tell you is don't go to these phony conservative websites for the fake news and fake focus on fake outrage. Subscribe to CRTV and get what's really going on. I mean, this is, this is where to go. And like I said, as long as you guys are committed, I am absolutely committed to making, making this work making this work on fighting 
judicial tyranny. You know, I want to end off by quoting a line from my book, you know, page 32 and 33, just explaining the backwards nature of the courts. President Calvin Coolidge noted in his July 4th, 1926 speech commemorating the 150th anniversary of the Declaration that although the founders knew that times and technology would change and, prog- and progress, the ideals expressed in this document were to be interminable. In his own words, and I'm now going to quote to you Coolidge's words, if all men are created equal, that is final. If they are endowed with inalienable rights, that is final. If governments derive their just powers from the consent of the governed, that is final. No advance, no progress can be made beyond these propositions. If anyone wishes to deny their truth or their soundness, the only direction in which he can proceed historically is not forward but backward toward the time when there was no equality, no rights of the individual, no rule of the people. Those who wish to proceed in that direction cannot lay claim to progress. Notice he's tweaking the progressives. They are reactionary. Their ideas are not modern, but more ancient than those of the revolutionary fathers. And that's the end quote. I'm just going to continue in my own words from my book. What Coolidge was noting is that, unlike the shallow-minded bleeding hardness of the left, the spectrum of liberty is not an infinite straight line. It's a bell curve. You have to get it just right and freeze it at the peak. That peak was established by the Declaration of Independence, ratified by the Constitution despite the gaping hole of slavery, and repaired by the 14th Amendment in 1868. Any attempt to expand rights and liberty runs off the cliff of Liberty Mountain toward the backside of Tyranny Slope. Granting super rights to protected classes necessarily leads to the infringement of basic rights of every other citizen. As John Quincy Adams once said, quote, This is a land not of privileges, but of equal rights. Privileges are granted by European sovereigns to particular classes of individuals for purposes of general policy. But the general impression here in America is that privileges granted to one denomination of people can very seldom be discriminated from erosions of the rights of others. For example, and this is me talking again, end quote, for example, with the creation of a fundamental right to gay marriage, a concept that never existed until 15 years ago, Individuals are now suffering from the loss of their religious liberty, private property rights, and livelihood, our most foundational and unchangeable rights. By granting illegal aliens rights to be released into the country, service with education, health care, and citizenship for their children, all at taxpayer expense, the courts are infringing on the liberty and property rights of the American citizen, not to mention the very essence of the social contract and consent-based popular sovereignty, the foundation and preamble of our founding. Not only do court-created super rights violate the principle of popular sovereignty, they undercut the other principle of the Declaration that all men are created equal. Court-mandated affirmative action and the requirement of equal outcomes in the private economy and society in general necessarily abrogate the equal opportunity that provides the underpinnings of a just and moral government. I can go on and on here. My book is still available at Amazon, um, Stolen Sovereignty. You're going to want to pick it up. I'm going to be on Lou Dobbs sometime this week discussing the book so tune into fox business there which is definitely a lot better than fox news fox business has some good folks there um but anyway i don't know what to say folks you know all i could say is i'm gonna pour my heart out here with my writings my speeches with you know coordinating with different people to try to get this done but if we don't fix the courts we just may as well be like russia so why are we focusing all day on russia and putin 
we have our own Putin in this country. Many Putins, several hundred of them. And they exist on the bench under the false pretense that the courts are the sole and final arbiter of every social and political issue in this country. This issue needs to be solved, and with God's help, we will solve it. Thank you all for listening. God bless. This has been another episode of The Conservative Conscience. Conscience.